0: This week, we're talking house magic.
1: I don't know about you, Hazel, but I am beginning to notice the first signs of autumn. Although the weather forecasters are predicting a late summer heatwave, there's been a lot of chat about cleaning and decluttering. And friends have suggested that it might be something to do with the recent Lion Gates portal. So that's what's inspired Hazel and I this week to talk about house magic. And in this week's episode, I will be exploring magical cleaning and protection magic.
0: I was hoping that we might yet get some days of summer, but my oldest tortoise, Basil, who knows what's what when it comes to the seasons, is showing signs of starting to wind down in readiness for hibernation. A bit too soon for my liking and too early, actually, for him to start hibernating. So I'll try and keep him awake for a bit longer. This week, I'm going to talk about a few simple things that could be called practical house magic and keeping housewives happy.
1: Obviously, magical cleaning goes hand in hand with mundane cleaning. As the wheel turns and the seasons change, we often feel the urge to clear out the old energy to make way for the new. It's time to bust the hoover, broom, and mop out. Dust your house and clean your mirrors and get in in a few loads of laundry. There is nothing quite as magical as getting into a bed with freshly laundered sheets. Throw open your windows as you work and let the air circulate and get the energy moving. It's a good time to look at your altar if you keep one. Do you need to clear away any old offerings and dispose of them in a safe manner? I'm beginning to remove the wheat bundles and make way for the fruits that I have been harvesting. As you do your mundane cleaning, you might want to focus your energy on not just making your home physically clean, but focus on each task and think about making your home clean and tidy, but also removing any spiritual or emotional mess. When cleaning your home, you might want to think of our wider home, the earth, and avoid using any harsh cleaning chemicals. Think back to how your grandparents used to do it. Castile soap, white vinegar, water and baking soda. Maybe with some essential oils such as lemon or tea tree. Use your intuition. Good Housekeeping has some great DIY cleaning recipes, which I will pop in the show notes. However, for a general all purpose cleaner that can be used to wipe down surfaces and sanitise your home, use a spade bottle, add equal parts of white wine vinegar and water. And if you find the vinegar overpowering, add around 10 drops of an essential oil. However, the vinegar smell does quickly dissipate after cleaning down surfaces. I like to clean my home from top to bottom, and I start from the back of the house to the front door, then using my broom to both magically and practically sweep any old physical and emotional debris out of the door. Willow over on Flying the Hedge has some great floor wash recipes. And she says, while washing your floors might seem like the least possible magical thing you could ever do, they are a fundamental part of many magical traditions. Willow advises that house cleaning effectively combines spiritual and magical practices and can be a powerful yet discreet way of practising magic without anyone else knowing. She says, while any liquid used to clean a floor is referred to as a floor wash, in this context, I'm referring to the final rinse of an already clean floor. The rinse that is allowed to remain on the floor until it air dries this allows the magic to radiate into the surrounding atmosphere. Floor washes can be used for protection, cleansing, prosperity and even romance. And she has this recipe for an Angelica floor wash. This floor wash uses botanicals, specifically Angelica, which is cleansing and protective in nature. It packs a strong punch and can be used to cleanse your home anytime. To begin with, make a strong infusion using dried Angelica and hot water. Then strain the herbs and combine the infusion with one cup vinegar and one teaspoon of salt in a bucket of warm water. Place your hands over the bucket and imagine it filling with white protective light. Whisper your intent into the water. Wash your floors normally, imagining all stale, remaining or negative energy leaving the house. Allow the floor wash to air dry. Finally, I like to finish off my cleaning endeavours by lighting some candles and burning a smoke bundle or incense. And if you can't work with burning botanicals, you could create a room spray or use bells or chimes. Then maybe sit down with a cuppa and enjoy the fruits of your labour.
0: It actually reminded me about when you move into a new home and cleansing then, but I've come across two approaches to that. When you move into a new home, a fun way of cleansing it of any left-behind negative energy is to invite a friend over and go around the house banging saucepans or whatever with the windows open. You can then go around and do some smoke cleansing as well. Or, if you're worried about disturbing your neighbours, you can go around each room with a besom, starting at the top of the house, if you've got more than one floor, and at the furthest point from the door in each room. Sweep the air, imagining any negativity being swept out of the room, and shut the door and go on to the next room. Carry on until you finish at the front door and sweep out through it and close the door. However, Althea Sebastiani on her website, takes a different approach, saying that when it comes to house spirits, this cleansing of a new home can be seen as a hostile and disrespectful to them, because they're the spirits to whom your home already belongs. So, rather than a full-on cleansing, burn some incense and make your way throughout the home. Talk to the spirits. Introduce yourself, and if you've got a family, introduce them. Let them know what your intentions are. If you're renting, maybe tell them that you'll be sharing the space with them for a short time. If you've bought the home, let them know that. In both cases, let them know that you intend on treating the home respectfully, caring for it as you live there. There are some small things you can do around the home. For example, to keep away unwanted callers who may leave some negativity behind them, keep a bit of salt in a pot by the front door. It has the benefit of cleaning any uncomfortable or negative feelings away. When they've left, sprinkle some salt in the doorway behind them. That's to ensure they don't call again. A simple spell is to safeguard your keys. According to Teresa Mori your front door key doesn't just let you in your house it represents other things like security belonging ownership and having an answer to life's problems for that answer is your home keys are also a symbol of good luck and new opportunities they open the doors to new worlds new faces and fresh beginnings they also lock doors and protect us from taking certain distracted paths and protect us from intruders In medieval times, locks and keys were made from iron, which is believed to have protective properties. Iron was believed to ward off evil spirits and dark magic, which is why locks and keys were made of it. Spirits can get through small spaces like locks, but not if those locks are made of iron. In Norse beliefs, the key was a symbol of female power. Women were given the keys to the household and therefore became the key-bearer of the family. It was both an honour and tradition. She wore the keys on a belt or cord along with other sacred tools like a knife and sewing tools. Because of the association between keys and women, keys have often been used in childbirthing process. To place keys under a labouring woman's bed is said to aid her delivery. Otherworldly oracle has this and more information about keys. On the Museum of Witchcraft website, they have a number of keys as exhibits. A visitor, in fact, gave them more information about how the keys were used for protecting the home. The number of keys may depend on the type of home to be protected. A set of three iron keys in a hagstone had been passed down through a family for generations as a protection charm for a farm. Other family members who lived in a town had seven keys and a hagstone whilst a third family member had nine keys and a hagstone. For protection the keys had to be old iron ones. Modern keys can still be used as good luck charms and it's often the custom in this particular visitor's family to give a small gold key charm as a gift to a baby to unlock good luck for the future. So this is a spell to protect your keys against loss or theft. You'll need a white candle, essential oils of patchouli and lavender, some natural vanilla essence, a very small hazel twig, a small rowan twig, some red thread and your preferred god or goddess figure to watch over you. Hazel and rowan are rolled by mercury as our keys because mercury is the god of communication and travel who can pass anywhere. They give wisdom and protection as well. Light the candle and anoint the twigs and your key with the oils and vanilla essence, saying three times, this rightful key to me I bind, intruder's eyes to it are blind. Bind the twigs at right angles with thread and attach the cross to your key ring. If you can't do that, hang it on a hook where you hang your keys. Place the keys on your altar, your domestic one if you've got several, for a night in front of your god or goddess figure, asking for their blessing. If you can, let the candle burn down.
1: Oh, that was interesting about the keys. I think there's a bit of folklore, isn't there, that um, the keys, if they're put down um, your back, can
0: scare away the hiccups. So that would relate to that quite nicely. Yes, that's right. Oh, and also um, stop a nosebleed as well, I think. Ah,
1: And I'm terrible for even losing or forgetting my keys. So I may have to give that little charm a go. So from house magic to protection magic. Gwyn from Three Pagans and a Cat has a lovely definition of what protection magic is. She says, what is protection magic? Well, it can entail several things. But the gist is self-preservation and or the safeguarding of others. Looking after one's holistic well-being. To this end, protective magic may be practiced, where one creates amulets or practices intentional setting of energetic or spiritual barriers around the self, the property or situations causing harm. There may be a need to cleanse or uncross if a person feels that a hex or a curse has been thrown their way. Or protection magic may include the casting of a curse or hex, if you are willing to perform such bellcraft, at those identified as having destructive intentions towards you or your family that cannot be managed by mundane means. Gwyn suggests that there are different ways to approach protection magic. It can be part of our regular practices, cleansing and shielding our homes and magical spaces, for example. This prevents a build-up of negative energies or keeps them out in the first place. A very simple uncrossing ritual is to first identify if you have been crossed. This could be deliberate or unintentional. Someone might unconsciously be sending a little negativity your way, perhaps jealous of your success or good fortune. I begin by creating a sacred space. I have an oil burner dedicated to the elements and use this for periodically checking in if I'm feeling run down or if I'm experiencing a series of unfortunate events. I pour water into the oil burner and then a few drops of bay leaf wishing oil, which is simply oil that has had bay leaves infused in it. And it has the intention to help me grant my wishes It's also useful for moving barriers, purification and protection, dispelling negative energies and entities, as well as spell breaking. I meditate and ask my guides and guardians if there is any uncrossing to be done. I then read patterns on how the oil and water are reacting with each other. Often for me, if there is uncrossing work to be done, I will see the image of an eye which might suggest that someone or something is looking at me unkindly. And then take a kitchen knife or an athame if that's what you use. And I cross through the eye and say a simple chant such as calling on my matrons, guides and ancestors protecting me. I invoke their protection, removing all curses and crosses and negativity. And having discussed how cleaning is often the very first step in working protection magic for the home, as ever, Rachel Patterson is the go to guru on all things to do with kitchen witchcraft. While Rachel advocates trusting your gut, on her patheist blog Beneath the Moon, she lists a multitude of magical herbs, plants and foods for protection. Rachel suggests placing herbs and flowers in a vase by your door for protection. I know that many practitioners grow lavender for protection outside their front door. Lavender flowers can be scattered by your doors and windows to prevent negative energy from entering your home, or carried in a sachet to protect you or your loved ones when wandering from home. Rachel also suggests that spices, herbs and flowers can be added to protection spells, witch bottles or used to anoint candles. And finally, I wanted to think about the humble acorn and its role in home protection. Oak trees have always been sacred to Druids. Mara Freeman, in her blog post on druidry.org, says the oak is especially the tree of the thunder god in other northern cultures, and this tradition holds true in Britain also. In Anglo-Saxon times, Thor was known as Thunar, and the groves of oak trees were dedicated to him in the south and east of England. The village of Thundersley in Essex, originally being one. Like the ash, it is said to call the lightning flash. Lightning is popularly supposed to strike the oak more than any other tree. Such trees often survived the blow and flourished remarkably well, henceforth being known as lightning oaks. And because of this association with Thor, acorns are thought to protect your home against lightning. So it's considered lucky to bring oak branches and acorns into your home. And acorn shaped finials have often been used to decorate curtain poles and bedsteads. Amaria Pollux associates acorns and oaks with strength, courage, fertility, longevity, protection, luck, abundance healing and vitality and she recommends tying two oak twigs into a cross with red thread and then hanging it in the home or wherever you need protection she says this is a strong protective amulet and will keep away any malevolent energy and negativity
0: i always try to have a rosemary plant outside my front door as I remember hearing that that was good for protection as well and also a rowan tree is good if you've got the room for one. Kind of linked protection is something that I used to do and really must do again and it's actually part of the northern tradition which is to connect with your house spirit guardian or white. Years ago I read Jenny Blaine's book Whites and Ancestors. Whites are other than human beings, often also seen as spirits of the land. While each area has its local name variants, some common names for whites are elves, fae or pixies, goblins, dwarves, etc. The word white is used as a collective term. It's used for beings that are neither deities nor humans. Modern heathens use whites to refer to the spirits who live in trees, pools and other bodies of water and in particular places and in our houses, land whites and house whites. For many, the most commonly encountered white is the house white, who can help with beer brewing, protecting the home and so on. Or if the white is unhappy or feels slighted, they can be mischievous and cause problems. If there's a good relationship with a house white, everything runs much more smoothly. Land whites may be found in any feature of the landscape a hill, a rock, a tree, a stream. Sometimes they're willing to communicate, but some whites really aren't interested in humans and not at all welcoming. Honouring a house or land white can be a simple thing, and for some heathens, offering to the whites is very important, such as leaving a small liquid or food offering out on a regular basis. It can be done once a week, once a day, or whenever it feels right. Offerings are usually put in a bowl in an out-of-the-way place, but are sometimes put on an altar, set on a windowsill or shelf, or more effectively if you can, poured or buried into the property's actual land. Some people set aside part of whatever meal they make at a certain time of day. Others leave the same offering every time, like a bowl of milk or oatmeal, being commonly used either way establishing such a gifting cycle with the white is recommended whites can be honored during ritual such as called upon or sacrificed to during a blood some heathens call on the whites as part of the halloween process and many pour the dregs of each horn into the fire for the whites house whites are known for hiding things when they feel ignored The answer to this is to give them some attention and ask them to return the object. When we wish to change something in our lives that comes back to the home, move things around, find ourselves unbalanced at home, things can become lost. It can sometimes be helped with an offering and a few words to the whites. In the north of England, the hob is probably one of the most better known spirits. They inspired the Harry Potter character, Dobby. According to folklore, Hobbes can also inha- inhabit shops and farms, helping with the work there, and are less closely associated with a specific house or family. Not unlike in the Harry Potter series, Hobbs traditionally look like stunted elves that mainly come out at night to help with chores. They prefer not to be seen in their work. Household Hobbes are often a positive presence, But the thing they really hate is to be rewarded for their work. Traditionally, a hob will become offended and leave should the owner of the house try to give them a piece of clothing. Almost any praise could be seen as an affront and cause them to disappear. So just leave the hobs to their work and everything should be okay.
1: I do have... Something in my house that will hide one specific set of tarot cards. So maybe I do need to give my housewife some attention. So goodbye from me. Link in the show notes to where you can find out more information about magical cleansing and protection spells. We would love to see you over on our Facebook page. Just search for the Will Podcast. We would love to know how you cleanse and protect your home magically. Have you recently felt appalled to clean house? Are there any other tips or tricks that you have for protection magic?
0: And it's goodbye from me. If you've got any personal practical magical ritual for your home, let us know. Hope you've enjoyed this week. See you next week. Bye. (laughs)